What's up, guys? It's Denise Salcedo, and I'm back in studio. But this time, my guest is none other than Jake Atlas. Jake, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm super stoked when you reached out to do this. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I know. Why did we take so long to do this? I have no idea why I didn't reach out sooner. I don't know. And I was it was funny. I saw it on Twitter that you had done one with Peter uh-huh. just recently. And I was like, why hasn't she reached out to me? I was like, hold on. Uh, maybe I should reach out to her. But uh, I'm glad that it <laughs> happened but i literally when i saw peter's thing i thought of it and then you you reached out and i was like oh, perfect you know it's I mean, pretty interesting because nobody ever reaches out to me i'm always the one reaching out to other people so maybe it's something that people are like oh maybe i shouldn't reach out but you should because okay. sometimes you don't know like i don't know like oh hey jake wants to talk to me you know yeah, well i didn't know maybe i was too boring or something you're like oh, no 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 okay Boring, definitely not you, and I'm going to get into that later on, but let's just go ahead and kick it off. So one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you in here and talk to you is because there is so much buzz right now going on behind your name, and I thought to myself, I got to get him in here before he's too big to take this interview, but let's just kick it off. Last night, you had a match at Ring of Honor against Tyler Bateman. How did that come about for you? Oh, that was, uh, I was so stoked when Ring of Honor reached out and invited me to work the show. Um, I think that they're after PWG and, and battle of Los Angeles that happened, maybe I think that was like last week now. Um, there's definitely some buzz going on and they really jumped on that. And I was very, very honored um, to do that. Ring of Honor has so much history. Um, just you, some of the best people have come out of there. I mean, you think uh, Daniel Bryan is synonymous with Ring of Honor. So to have that rub and to kind of be like, hey, we want to check you out. We want to see what's going like, how, like, we want to, we want to work with you. That was really, really cool. Um, and Bateman is obviously a SoCal great and someone I trained with. So it was really, it all kind of worked out that like we worked each other and we were comfortable. We kind of knew what we were going to do and we were in that position together and just as a whole, the environment was so welcoming um, from production to the wrestlers backstage. It was, I had a great experience. So was it like a tryout or just kind of like come in and, you know, like, let's see how we work together? Um, I would say it was more of like, let's let's work together and then let's talk and then see what happens after that kind of go from there okay so before we get into more information on that i do want to jump in and talk about pwg's battle of los angeles but before we get to the actual tournament for you, you were one of the guys that sort of broke in back into PWG because, you know, for years they weren't booking local guys and you were one of the first ones to sort of get back on there. What did that mean to you, given how prestigious and how coveted PWG is in the wrestling world? Uh, it was definitely a lot of pressure more than anything. Uh, obviously, Brody King was the first one to kind of get there. Um, and then after that, he like opened the floodgates. But it was more so... If we're going to start, it was more, what I thought to myself was PWG saying, if we're going to do this again, you have to be good. So there was just so much added pressure um, on my part, on my end, because when I did debut for PWG, I was only a year in, like I had, like I, I was just so new. You know, and I didn't know everything happened so fast. There was so much like not only was there pressure to be good, but it's like I with every, and it's like with age, with every year, you know, you get wiser, you get better. It's the same thing with wrestling with every year you improve. And so only being a year in, there was only so much limited experience. Um, so I'm very thankful that it happened that way, because honestly, uh, I didn't get the 
match that I wanted for my debut. Um, and I don't think that I performed to the best of my ability and there's no excuse there. You can, I'm, I'm not going to say because I was new, whatever, like it's just there, there are people that are six months in the business and are freaking prodigies, you know? So it's like, that's not an excuse, but I think it was motivation. You know, it was like, wow. So this is where you are pinpoint there and then grow. And then to get to where I got to being on Battle of Los Angeles, I mean, it was, it was, it, it just, for me, it was like, you're the SoCal boy. There's a lot of pressure. There's going to be a lot of people that don't want you to be on this. Like, let's be real. There's going to be a lot of people that are like, eh, he doesn't deserve it. He's too young. He's too new. So it was just, I just kind of took that and ran with it and was like, well, let me at least prove prove them wrong and so you know you say that your debut maybe you was you weren't as proud of it as you could have been but the fact that they called you back to come back did you expect that um no i kind of was just like uh like it happened the match happened i got brought back to do rosita and then that match happened and i thought that match was good okay i wasn't it i wasn't mad about it anything i just it just was you know i mean you know with your work it just wasn't my best work and um, I kind of just went and I just kept doing my thing. I didn't think about it. I didn't I didn't reach back out. I didn't you know, I didn't reach out to PWG and say, hey, can you bring me back? I just kind of let it be. And I didn't have any expectations until, you know, it was literally a year after that he reached out again and said, hey, were you interested in working again? And I said, yeah. And, you know, they say that that's when things happen, when you're just out there yeah. doing you, doing the best that you can, you know, trying to get every opportunity that you possibly can. That's when more things come to you. So now Battle of Los Angeles. So, so many people raving about it. And then your match with Jungle Boy first round. What was it like working with him, especially considering it was one of his last or his last indie match in the Indies? Yes, yes. Um, I think actually his last match on the Indies will be tomorrow against me <laughs> so we're gonna so we're gonna we're gonna do it again um but it was jungle boys uh, my best friend he's like one of my he's one of my best friends we grew so much in a matter of like a year so sorry uh, we grew so much in a matter of a year and it was like um to just see our growth was insane and to have it kind of like come together at like the biggest wrestling company in the world that's not uh the biggest independent wrestling company in the world was kind of just like, whoa, like I, you had to step back and be like, that's insane. You know, we would drive up to San Francisco to do all pro wrestling. And we were like, you know, on the mid card opening match on this show. And then we kind of worked our way up to main event that show. And then we won titles there. And then, did, you know what I mean? Then he got signed at All Elite and then have us be on PWG. And then it kind of just come together as a first round match. Like it wasn't, that's why I think it was just so good it was because it was so easy it was so easy i was in there with my friend i was in there with my brother like it was just the energy the vibe it was just there and i feel like people could feel that and i feel like that's what added to it you know was the emotion behind it um and i, I was i was freaking stoked about it okay so now your second round fight you uh match you lost to dragon lee yes. so what was it like working with him and then you also lost you also lost uh when you wrestled him in the king of indies in 2000 you also lost to dragon lee in the final round so what is happening there <laughs> oh man i can't i can't seem to get him um Jesus, that guy is incredible. I have nothing but positive things to say about Dragon Lee. Uh, he, I just saw him. He was at Ring of Honor um, last night, and we talked at great length, and he's become one of my friends, too. Um, it was, I mean, when we did the King of Indies, um, 
we had no time because we were in the finals and the mat the it was just it there was less matches not as many as the pwg is a big tournament king of indies was like a small tournament less people so it was uh quicker meaning by the time it got to the finals we only had like maybe five ten minutes to plan this match and a lot of it was just improvised and we had a great match so it spoke really highly about both of our work that we were able to be pros and go out there and kind of listen to each other there was no ego there was nothing we knew what we wanted to give to the fans we knew what what was there the history um and obviously he went up and he went over but it was kind of just that chip on me where i'm like okay well i know what i have to improve i know what what we're gonna i hope i get that chance again so when i saw it happen at pwg again i was like this is this is fate like this is what it was meant to be you know um and we 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 had so much we had a much better much better match not that the first one was bad at all but just a much better match much better chemistry we both kind of knew what we wanted to do we knew each other um and and i i mean for me i was honored that i made it to the second round i i had no idea going in a lot of people think you know we know a lot of the behind the scenes but i literally showed up day one of pwg not knowing anything of what was going on and none of us did no one knew what the outcome of the tournament was going to be no one knew what their second round match was going to be to me being a first time it was my first bola it was i was only i've only been on pwg a few times like you know being a socal guy i didn't know i me just moving on to the second round was like that's amazing like you know what i mean i i i'm so honored i obviously want to make it to the semis and the finals and i gave it my all to try to get there but I was just grateful for that opportunity. Especially given the incredible amount of talent and just basically it's, it's you know, it's a great pat on the back to know that your name is there, you know, along with so many other people. And I'm sure you feel that way as yeah. well, you know. So also going back to uh, to the King of Indies, how did it feel for you knowing to be part of this, being a part of this, something that, you know, helped build guys like Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, Loki, you know, but this is part of the reason why Ring of Honor became so strong because of, you know, a tournament like this um i think it just it makes me realize that i'm doing something i'm on the right path it makes me realize like i'm doing the right steps to get to my goal whatever that that may be you know it whatever uh, i obviously just want to be very very great at wrestling you know obviously there is an end goal there's somewhere i want to end up there's somewhere i want to sign but the end all be all is I want to be remembered for being great at it. And so if these, these, you know, the names that you've mentioned, not only are they wrestlers who are signed to companies now, but they're wrestlers who you bring them up and people are like that. He's great. He's great at that. He's a great wrestler. You know what I mean? There's and some- he's great for a reason because he went out there exactly. and he worked with different guys and that's what makes a wrestler, you know, better. Yes, exactly. And that's all I, that's, that's what I strive for, you know, aside from just the goal it's it's improving my craft while getting there. So speaking of guys, you know, that, you know, sort of build themselves and make a name for themselves. Like there's so many. I mean, we can talk about AJ Styles. We can talk about, you know, uh, Drew McIntyre. There are so many names. Kenny Omega. You know, I almost feel that it's kind of better for a guy to go out make the rounds really, really, you know, just kind of level up in its own in his own game, even though sometimes you feel like you can't level up, but you yeah. level up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost feels like your value is stronger. Oh, I agree 100%. And it just puts you in a 
tough position because you get to that point, you might get to that point where um, something's there, you know, uh, anything, an offer, whatever, whatever, what have you. And then you get to that point of, am I, am I making the right decision by just getting it? Or do I, can I grow more as a performer, as an athlete, as a wrestler, and then add more value to me and see if that offer can grow? It's just, it's a weird, it's such a weird position because your whole life you grow up dreaming of, of achieving this one particular uh, accomplishment. And it's like, when you get there, it's like, what? Um, how, how am I going to get there? You know, like what, like do, do I want it right now? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's insane. And you going back to you saying these guys have, 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 you know, either gotten there and then left and then built their name. It's like, it's just a testament going back to, it's more than just getting to the pinnacle. It's getting to the pinnacle and being great, you know? Yeah. Being worth something like being, being a household name, being, being something of value. You know, to 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 everyone, to the company, to fans, to yourself. You know, you know, I gotta applaud you for that because, like you said, when it's something that you've been dreaming about for so long, and you wonder, you know, will the opportunity ever come? And it's sort of hard to, you know, sort of step out of who you are and sort of see that big picture. A lot of people can't see the big picture, and I kind of feel that with you sort of stepping out and thinking, okay, should I do this or should I do that? You know, uh, you know, you're really stepping out and seeing everything as a whole so that within itself is you know it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting that you're able to do that because i don't think a lot of people can do that yeah i think uh i mean i think just for me i think like long term and i uh, i'm 24 years old uh it's like it's like you're it you're i mean it's getting to that point of starting to really think about what's next in life you know like you're you're still young but you're like not almost yet. 30 yeah, you know what i mean it's like so you're starting so i think that's what kind of helps me kind of step back and be like what do you want Okay, so now let's talk about something that I want to really bring up with you. So earlier you said, oh, I thought I was boring. And I was like, no, no, no. And I'm going to circle back to this afterwards. So I know I already mentioned this to you at Expo Lucha, but I'm going to mention it because I want everybody watching this to to really understand um, something that you bring that I think is absolutely incredible is that you have this energy, this presence that really can't be explained. And I'm going to go ahead and dive into that suburban fight show with your match uh, versus Dom Kubrick and Slice Boogie. I was the ring announcer for that show. I was on that stage when you guys were, you know, doing your thing and really going crazy. And I don't even know what happened, but there was this moment where you just went completely like crazy, balls out, insane, new energy. All I remember is you on the stage with your arms out and the crowd went nuts for you. And it was a new energy, you know, an energy that I hadn't felt in a really long time, you know, being at so many wrestling events. It was very new. And I remember thinking, holy damn, is this Jake Atlas? I was like, I was just talking to him earlier what what am i seeing right now so with that being said what do you think it is about you that really resonates with people and really brings out this energy and everything i just mentioned i think what oh man i you know i ask myself that question all the time too because being a performer you're always you're always trying to grow what can i do different what can you're always trying to learn you know 
And I think what it has come down to is relatability. I try to be as relatable as possible to everyone and anyone, you know, and I fall into so many categories, you know, I, my ethnic background, you know, my LGBT background, there's just so many things that people can relate to. Um, and I try to be relatable to each person. And I think what it comes down to is when I'm, when I'm Jake on the street, when I'm Jake at home, like the, like every person we battle insecurities, you know, we battle demons. We're like, uh, are we good enough? You know, there's a lot of like down. So when you have that moment and that platform to kind of be in front of a crowd, whether it be five people, a hundred people, a thousand people, you have them here in the palm of your hand and you can make them feel whatever it is you want them to feel. And I want them to feel confident because I want to feel that, you know, like I want to feel confident. So I have to force myself to be this presence, to be this, like, it's okay to be whoever and whatever you are. Like you stand right there and yell off the top of your lungs. Like you do you. You know, and, and, and it's like a reminder for myself, like, then like, say it to yourself, Jake, like you be confident. So that, I think that's where it stems from is like, I get when people are down. So it's like, when we have that moment to be up, let's all share it. Like, let's all, and I try to convey that. I try my best to just let that out. Like, and, and, and aside from the fact that I just love pro wrestling and I love what I do, um, it's just, it's my plot. That's my platform to give them positivity and adrenaline and this sense of living sense of life, you know? And, um, I don't know. That's what it, that's what it stems from, you know, because I, I'm I'm a pretty mellow person, pretty chill. But like it when I like I just want people to feel alive, you know, and 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 however I can do that, I, I I'll go out of my way too. But yeah, that suburban fight show is insane. <laughs> really was. No. And there's so many things. So first of all, you mentioned that the key word that you mentioned was relatable. And it's funny because the second you said that, that's one of the number one things that I learned in hosting school was relate. Uh, what is it? Uh, being relatable equals ratings. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I think that, you know, really attracts people. So when you said that, I was like, oh man, like it's crazy how that can also apply, you know, to pro wrestling. And I'm sure it can apply into many other different facets of life. But it's funny because you say like, oh, I force myself to be this, you know, and go out there and show people confidence because I want them to feel that confidence. But it doesn't really feel like it's something that's forced. Like it feels like it comes really natural to you though. Yeah, I think... Um I like to just tune it out and just be like, this is my moment to be to be badass. You know, you can't be badass all the time. Like, you're not going to be walking down the street with your nose up. People are going to think you're obnoxious or arrogant. Like, that's your moment to be a complete superstar, which is why I call myself superstar. Like, it's your moment to be the center of attention, you know, and instead of just keeping it for myself, like, let's all, let's all kind of reap the benefit. That's awesome. So speaking of career highlights, PWG Bola, you know, so many other stuff speaking about the buzz and the energy. And I know you kind of already touched on this subtly, but I'm just going to be bold and I'm just going to go out there and say it. You need to be signed somewhere. <laughs> and I know that you said that you're stepping out and, you know, you're really evaluating things and what you want to do. So do you think you'll sign with somebody or do you think you're going to continue going on with the indies and sort of honing your skills some more? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's a difficult question. Uh, um, I, I'm open to whatever it is that 
I've always been a huge believer of everything happens for a reason and whatever needs to happen will happen. I've just always been just go with the flow. What's like whatever is meant to be, excuse me, it will just be. And um, I'm willing to just be open to continuing to be on the independence and help my scene grow, not only just Southern California, but, you know, the entire indie scene grow. I feel like there's a lot left for me to do. Um, I haven't gone to Japan. I haven't gone to Canada. You know, I've just done Mexico and U.S. and U.K. Like, there's just so many things that, that I feel are left, you know, but then... That's one side of things. And the other side of thing is, you know, my mom is out of work. She's disabled. She doesn't she doesn't work. I, my brother and I are the sole providers for my family. So it's like that's a whole other thing I have to think about, too. You know, it's uh, when you're signed somewhere, you're it's a money that's guaranteed. It's a contract that gives you a, a living that allows you to provide for whatever it is that you need to provide. If people are married, whatever. I'm not. But I have my family. I have my mom, you know, and. So I, it's just a lot to think about, you know, um, but I I am just hopeful that whatever it is that I do end up deciding to do, um, that people are just supportive, that people just continue to follow me and continue to say, you made the right decision. Even though I don't think there's a right or wrong, they're just, I just hope they're like, it's the right decision because it's what you wanted, you know, and, exactly. um, and I'm open to whatever, so. And now, obviously, the rumors circulating around is that you've already been had or you've had multiple offers being made. Now, obviously, you don't have to name any names or anything like that. I won't put you on the spot. It ain't that kind of show. But, you know, with what you just said right now, my question prior was going to be, why did you maybe say no to these offers? You know, again, these are all rumors. But with what you just said right now, that sort of puts it into place. But how do you feel, you know, having these offers from people and, you know, just really having that time to really have to make some decisions? You know, we all want to have decisions to make or choices, but when we're actually presented oh, yeah. with them, it ain't always easy, no, okay? Not at all. Um, further, I'll go on record and say that I haven't actually made a decision yet. <laughs> so I'm still not signed, uh, but... So the offers weren't rejected or accepted. Were, exactly. Offers were not rejected or accepted. Um, so... And I was just having a conversation with uh, one of my good friends, Lucas Riley, about this. I was like, it's crazy. It, you, you, again, going back to you dream of this your whole life. You know, this is your goal. You have a certain, you have a certain idea of, of what you want to do and where you want to get to. And then when you get to this point, you're like a deer in headlights. You're like, man, like I, what, like what? I don't know. I really, you just don't know. Um, and it's a good feeling because it makes you feel valued. It makes you feel like um, what you've done for whatever amount of reason. Because I've always been a firm believer of your hard work is for you. They don't ever gloat about however hard you work or if you work harder than this person or X person. Like, just do it for yourself. Like, whatever hard work that if you want to be at the gym six days a week, do it because you wanted to be at the gym six. You know what I mean? Right. That's just an example. Like, um, there's many, many things if, if, in pro wrestling terms. If you want to train four times a week at, at your dojo or at your school, then do it. Do it for yourself. Don't do it to post it or to say, I'm the one, I'm the hardest worker of this. Like, do it for you. So, where I'm getting at is like, it just, because I've always been so, it's for me. It's just to see it kind of all come together and be like, okay, my hard work meant something. Again, for me. And now I get to see 
where do what's going to happen? Like what's next for me? Like, like that decision is, is having to come soon. And, and to be in that position where I get to decide, that's kind of like just reassuring for me, you know, cause no, going back to whatever it is that I decide, that's the right thing because that's what I wanted. Right. I always think that's the best way to go. You know, you got to follow your heart. You got to follow your gut and you know, it's led you this far. So trust your instincts because those are what's going to get you someplace. So now that I asked the hard questions, those are out of the way, but now let's go ahead and dial it back a little bit. Your background, you know, you used to be a cheerleader. Yep. How did that <laughs> sort of, you know, help you with wrestling, not help you with wrestling? Uh, I think it just helped me be athletic, you know, it made me kind of just, it also helped me with showmanship and be like a, a showman, you know, with, uh, I did competitive cheerleading. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're judged on that a lot of people don't know about, um, if you're not into competitive cheerleading, is just like your showmanship, you know, it's not just the crazy flips or the stunts that you do, but it's like how you can captivate the crowd as well, you know, and so, um, it kind of helped me just be a performer. And um, in a, and actually, in a lot of ways, uh, cheerleading is very similar to pro wrestling, even athletically, like, car, like the routines are just, it's like, it's like, fast, it's like, um, you guys, are, I don't know if you're familiar with like hit cardio, like high interval intensity training. It's like that, you know, it's like two minutes of just boom, 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 boom. And wrestling is very much the same, you know, it's like, boom, 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 rest, boom, boom, you know, so it's like, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's really interesting to me because like when I found this out, I was like, wow, cheerleading, that is so cool. <laughs> and it's interesting because not everyone can say that, you know, oh, especially yeah. in pro wrestling, yes, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 no, 100%. And then you also trained at Santino's. And the thing about Santino's is that they have been able to really bring out lots of quality wrestlers, guys that are making a name for themselves. So the good, the school, what you would say, has a great reputation thus far. What is it about Santino's and the training that has made their school and their talent so successful i think we're a family we are all one we're all united and we all push each other and motivate each other to be the best versions of ourselves we all know each other's strengths and we all know each other's weaknesses so we all do a great job of exploiting each thing if you're good at this we're going to highlight you in this way if you're good at this you know like everyone just is unique in their own ways and we're just we're always we're all so supportive in some way in some capacity uh whether it's via message or social media there's a group there's a group there's group messages all over the place of different Santino collectives. And it just, it's just because we're always looking out for each other. And I think it's a testament to chaos and Robbie who just brought us up as like their kids, you know? So we're like, we're all brothers and sisters and we kind of all just push each other. And it's not all, it's not always all just positive. You know, it's all, it's sometimes negative. It's like you, you didn't do well at this. Like you we're just real. And I think that's what, um, is a key to our success. Really cool because, you know, in this business, things can be very competitive. Like you mentioned earlier, some, could, some people could be like, oh, well, I'm better than him. I should be there. Yeah. You know, career jealousy and all of that stuff. You know, we see it in all realms of, you know, entertainment and all of that. But with that, having the support is always really nice because, you know, it's nice to know that some people have your back and aren't waiting to stab you, yes. you know, <laughs> stab you behind your back. So I think always having that is, you know, a really nice thing. Yes. And the fact that it's not always rainbows and butterflies, but there's that critique behind there. Yes. So that's really interesting that you mentioned that as well. So now speaking of the support, I'm going to go ahead and switch gears. Last year, early last year, you opened up about your sexuality coming out 
not as gay after winning SoCal's Rookie of the Year. You know, being in a in, a, in an industry like pro wrestling, I just I imagine that it must have been scary or difficult to sort of come out and be who you are, given that, you know, many, many people could be like mean about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, if you, the biggest thing I can say, the biggest, um, uh, uh, like the biggest fact I can give is like at WWE, when you look at WWE, which is the biggest company in the world at the moment until, until Wednesday, (laughs) uh, it's the biggest company in the world. Um, they only have one openly LGBTQ athlete. Just one, you know, so that tells you, and it's a female, it's not even a male, it's Sonia. So it's like, that just tells you that you are a very, not like, being a pro wrestler, you're already a small fish in a huge pond. Being uh, Being a pro wrestler who's openly gay makes you an even smaller fish, you know? So it's, it, it was very difficult. It was, it was, it was when I come out, uh, are the opportunities going to be taken away from me? Are people not going to want to book me anymore? Are people going to just going to look at that and not my talent? Like what, what, and it was a struggle. It's, it was a struggle that stemmed all the way back to my family. It wasn't even just myself. It was just, it was my family too. Um, one of the biggest examples that I always give is, you know, my mother was always, always used Ricky Martin as an example and said, look at how long he waited and look at how successful he got. Don't you want to do the same thing? Don't you want to wait and be successful first? And I understood that point of view, but I also, success is important to me, but I think I also, more than anything, I want to help people. And I I wasn't going to help people if I just kept my mouth shut forever and just have been a successful pro wrestler. I, I wanted to be able to do it while also being an advocate. I wanted to show people that my talent speaks louder than my sexuality, that my person is who I am. Like being gay does not define me. Right. You know, it, it's not, it's, it's just like my ethnicity. It's just who I am. You know, it, it shouldn't matter to anyone but me and to people who are struggling, you know? Um, so it was very difficult, but I'm, I don't regret that decision at all because even to this day, I feel like every opportunity that I've gotten has been because of my talent. So that's why I don't regret it. I feel like no one has taken a chance on me just because I'm gay. Right. So So you don't think anything changed with you coming out? I, I don't. You know, I think, I, I mean, if anything did change, I think it was more positive. I think it was more, even within myself, I kind of just added that pressure on myself. Like, well, now you're out. Now people know. And now if you really just want to be judged for your talent, then you got to get your ass to work, you know, and... Yeah. You know, it's funny because I'm sure you had the fear of coming out, like you said, of losing opportunities. But now that you have come out, do you feel that that has made you more fearless in the sense of, you know what, I came out and that was a really hard, you know, obstacle for me to overcome. So now I can overcome anything if I overcame this. Oh, what? Yeah, 100%. There there have been many moments that I'm like scared to death for whatever reason. And I just think back to that and been like, you did it like you're you're here you know and you're doing it so just keep going exactly exactly and what were some of the reactions from your friends or your you know your trainers um it was all positive it was all very welcoming um i came out to my trainers first and then i came out to the school to santino brothers before i even came out publicly and that helped a ton because it just showed me that 
there are people within wrestling and that I have support that no matter that when the moment came when I was going to do it publicly, that I had this group of people, this family that was going to, you know, um, have my back no matter what. Um, and so I've been very thankful that it's been all positive. Um, even friends I have in that I've made through breaking out and meeting friends in other States, even they're just extremely supportive and I'm, I'm very lucky. Did you ever not consider pursuing a career in wrestling because, you know, you felt that maybe, you know, going into it that it wouldn't work out just because, you know, of your sexuality or did that never cross your mind? Um, it, it did at some point. It did at some point. I think it was around the time that I was doing competitive cheerleading for uh, college. I kind of just there was a period of time where I was like maybe I won't pursue wrestling because I don't think it's going to go well. I'm in an environment right now with cheerleading where everything's it fits, you know, and, and I, I didn't want it. I was scared to challenge myself. Um, but I also, it was also one of those things, well, if you're not going to do wrestling, then what are you going to do? So then it just kind of fell back to then just do it. So. Exactly. It's kind of like no matter what, no matter what struggles, if you stop doing what you really want to do, what are you going to do yeah. next? Yeah. There's well, nothing well. else, you know? So I saw on Twitter that you mentioned that Trish Stratus was one of your favorites growing up. Who were some other people that you looked up to or that inspired you to become a pro wrestler? Sure. Um, Eddie Guerrero was a huge one uh, just because of our my Mexican-American background. Um, he was phenomenal and i um i remember he cut a promo on smackdown where he was re he really dug down deep and just started talking about like his addiction and was just so open like that to me really resonated i had no idea what was going on as a kid but like it was it was just one of those things where i saw reality like i saw re and i've always been a fan of reality um like just people being real with themselves and and that really stood out to me. Aside from the fact that he is an incredible, he was an incredible wrestler. Oh man, gone too soon. Um, like one of my favorite matches was him and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. I mean, it just, he was just incredible, you know. Um, AJ Styles too as well. Um, there was a period of time where I was rebellious and uh, my mom would always punish me and would make, and would, uh, punished me by making me not watch WWE, but she had no idea what TNA was. So TNA was my loophole, um, like 05, 04, 05 yeah, era. Great. And so um, AJ Styles just, he was incredible. I was like, whoa, like this guy, it was, it was so different. You know, I loved the Hardys and I loved Rey Mysterio, but he was just different to me. Maybe because it was on a different network and I was like, I was being a rebel, like that was my guy. And he was, at, at, when he debuted for WWE at the Royal Rumble, I just, I was in tears because I was just so proud like that was he he's my favorite like what I'm like he is my favorite wrestler you know and and yeah so those two were just uh huge influences for me I love that your mom punished you by not <laughs> letting you watch wrestle letting you watch WWE yeah. it's crazy because in the end it sort of ended yeah. up helping you out so thanks mom yeah, thank you like you, you pushed me to do it so it's funny because you know I'm Mexican as well so it's funny how like you know in the culture there's certain ways that you get punished that are just hilarious and I think that that's like a really funny way that your mom really thought you were being punished yeah, in yeah. this sort of way yeah. what I'm like okay <laughs> alright well Jay I got to tell you, this interview has been absolutely awesome. I feel that you have such a great insight to the business and your career and all of that. So I want to thank you for doing this interview with me. But before we go, every guest that comes through here, I like to play a lightning round game where I just ask you 10 random questions and you answer as fast as you can. Okay. So, Jake, I got to ask you, are you ready for the lightning round portion of this interview? I'm stressed, but okay. 
I these I'm always stressed with these, but okay, I'm gonna do my best. Anyway, here we go. Lightning round with Jake Atlas. Question one: Favorite thing to do when you're not wrestling? Hiking. Number two: Person you would still like to wrestle that you haven't? Cody Rhodes. Question number three: What's running through your mind before you step out of the curtain and into the ring? I was born to do this. Favorite TV show? Uh, Monday Night Raw? I'm sure I have a different one, but okay. I'm just going to go with that. Favorite artist? Um, Ariana Grande. Do you collect anything? Uh, hearts. I don't, know. I don't know. No, probably not. What superpower do you wish you had? Uh, t- telekinesis. Move things with my mind. What's the last thing you remember Googling on your phone? Uh, if I had a Wikipedia page yet. <laughs> and I don't. And I don't. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Question nine. And if anyone were to play you in a movie of your life, who would you want it to be? Mario Lopez. Question 10. Show us your favorite emoji using facial expressions only straight to the camera. Oh, it, the one with the squiggly line like this and his eye like... Isn't, uh, it, isn't he drunk? I think... Is it? Is it no. Is what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, that's my favorite emoji. It just goes with everything. I love it. All right. Awesome. Okay, Jake, before you go, tell the people where they can follow you on social media, where they can buy your merch, next shows, you name it. Yeah. So um, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at I am Jake Atlas. Um, you can follow me on there. Uh, I also have, I do have my Atlas Pride Edition shirt on lapelia.com. Um, if you use the promo code Atlas, um, they are shipping it out for free. Um, so definitely go and check that out if you're not going to be able to make it to a show near uh, anytime soon. Um, I am on at Game Changer tomorrow night. It is the Joey Janela farewell. You've got Jungle Boy's last independent match, Joey Janela's last independent match. Um, it's going to be a great show. Um, so if you're in Jersey or it's going to be streamed on Fight, definitely check that out. Um, and there's a lot of big things coming up. Um, and uh, I'm excited for you guys to be on the journey. All right. Thank you so much, Jake. Guys, as always, please do not forget to give this video a like. Subscribe to the channel for more, as always. And don't forget to check me out on Twitter or on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye.